We're going to turn now and uh, hear from God's Word. We're going to read it together. So if you have your Bible there, please do open it to Mark chapter 4. Um, we're going to read verses 35 to 41. But a short passage today. Mark chapter 4, starting reading at verse 35. And as we read, we remember this is God's Word. On the same day, when evening had come, he said to them, Let us cross over to the other side. Now when they had left the multitude, they took him along in the boat as he was. And other little boats were also with him. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves beat into the boat so that it was already filling. But he was in the stern, asleep on a pillow. And they awoke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? Then he arose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. But he said to them, Why are you so fearful? Why is it that you have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and said to one another, who can this be, that even the wind and sea obey him? Amen. We thank God that he blesses us when we read his truth. Well, in order to help us understand this passage today, and I do have your Bible open there at Mark chapter 4, as we work through it together. In order to help us understand this passage, I want you to see that there is one word that is used three times. And this word sort of guides us through the passage and it takes us on a journey of faith along with the disciples. In Greek the word is mega, mega. And I think even the boys and girls will know what that word means. Mega, it means great or big or grand. It means large. And you might have noticed that word crop up as we came, as we read through the passage. It's not mega in English. But when the disciples and Jesus are, are out on the boat, what happens? Well, a great windstorm arises. In the Greek, this is a mega storm. You can see it there in verse 37 of our passage. Well, then Jesus, he speaks to the wind and waves and causes a great calm. This is a mega calm at the end of verse 39. And then there's a final mega in the passage. I wonder if you can see it yourself. If you look at verse 41, you might be able to tell where it is. In verse 41 it says the disciples feared exceedingly. And in the Greek it's the same word, mega. This is mega fear. So, like I say, these megas lead us through the story of Jesus calming the storm. I think they help us to understand the, the journey of faith that Mark wants each one of us to make towards Jesus. There is a mega storm, a mega calm, but the mega calm is accompanied by mega fear. And along the way, each of these mega events 
leads us to an important question that is asked either by the disciples or by Jesus. And you can see the questions there in our passage. First of all, in the mega storm, the disciples wake Jesus up and ask him the question, don't you care that we are perishing? Well then Jesus brings a mega calm and asks his own question. In the calm, Jesus asks, why are you afraid? How is it that you have no faith? And then because of the mega calm that comes from the mega storm, well a mega fear falls on the disciples. And the disciples ask the question, who is this? Who is this man that even the wind and waves obey him? And I think Mark writes these questions down as a challenge for you and a challenge for me. They're designed like, like an earworm. You know when you hear a song and you can't get it out of your head? Well, that's what these questions are like. We can't get them out of our head until we have an answer. We can put them like this for ourselves. In the mega storms of life, does Jesus care for you? Does Jesus care? Do you have any faith that Jesus can bring about mega calm? Do you believe that? And who is Jesus anyway? That we can put our faith in him to bring us through that storm and into the camp. So as we work through this passage and see the mega events, I hope we will come up with some answers for these important questions. First of all, the mega storm. And the question, does Jesus care? In the storms of life, does Jesus care for you? Well, we've seen Jesus do this before. What he's doing in this story, he's been teaching the multitudes and, and he's getting tired. And so as the evening draws in, he wants to get out on the water for a bit of rest. And so with the disciples, off they go in their boat. Now, you'll remember that the disciples have lots of experience on the water. A, a fair few of them were fishermen. And so setting off into the sea would be something they had done many, many times before. In fact, one of the commentators I was reading this week said that the winds were often stronger during the day. And so it was common for fishing boats to go out in the evening to avoid the storms. So this is not unusual for the disciples. But they don't avoid the storm this time. A great storm arose. A mega storm. So great that these experienced fishermen are afraid. They have experienced storms before, but not like this. And so they go to Jesus. Jesus is in total rest and comfort and total peace. He's sleeping in the back on a pillow. And they wake him up and they ask him that question, Teacher, do you not care? Do you not care that we are perishing? Now, as we think about the answer to that question, it is important for us to remember that these are the disciples of Jesus. This is not the, the bad guys, the, the scribes and the Pharisees that we've seen in this story so far. It's the followers of Christ who find themselves in the middle of a storm. I could say much about this, but I found a quote from J.C. Ryle. J.C. Ryle was the Anglican Bishop of Liverpool at the end of the 19th century. And this quote expresses 
very well what I want to say. He says this, If we are true Christians, we must not expect everything smooth in our journey to heaven. We must count it no strange thing if we have to endure sickness, losses, bereavements and disappointments, just like other men. Free pardon and full forgiveness, grace along the way and glory at the end, all this our Saviour has promised to give, but he has never promised that we shall have no affliction. He loves us too well to promise that. By affliction, he teaches us many precious lessons, without which without it, we should never learn. By affliction, he shows us our emptiness and weakness, draws us to the throne of grace, purifies our affections, weans us from the world, makes us long for heaven. In resurrection morning, we shall all say, it is good for me that I was afflicted. We shall thank God for every storm. It is good for me that I was afflicted. Which is a quote from Psalm 119. So, I wonder if you see the answer to the disciples' question in that quote from J.C. Ryan. See, it is because Jesus cares that he allows us to go through affliction. He allows us to go through mega storms. Like, I, I can't say what God is doing in these days. As we continue to face down a year later, this mega storm of a pandemic and all of the genuine difficulties that it has brought, multiplied perhaps by the difficulties of lockdown. I don't know why we are in a mega storm, but I know that Jesus cares. I know that Jesus cares for us. And I know that this pandemic has caused me like the disciples, to run to Jesus time and time again. Yes, asking the question, does he care? But always being assured that it is because he cares, he is right with me. It's because he cares that he would use the pandemic to draw people to himself. It's because he cares that he would allow us to be afflicted. So that while we are afraid at the minute, we are actually being saved through this storm. We're being saved so that we won't have to face something much worse. Just like a surgeon has to cut somebody in order to remove a cancerous lump. Isn't it possible that Jesus is allowing us to go through this difficulty, this affliction of the storm, so that we realise just how much we need him? Well, knowing that we need Jesus, believing that requires faith. And that's where we turn next in our story. We have a mega calm, which allows Jesus to ask his own question of the disciples. Why are you afraid? How is it that you have no faith? And I want to ask you the question today, do you have the faith? Jesus can bring about mega can. We see it in our passage. 
Jesus wakes up and with a word, he calms the storm. Peace, be still. Now, if we've been following things in Mark's Gospel up to this point, we, we shouldn't be too surprised by this. We've seen some of the miracles that Jesus has done and some of the claims he has made. It should be clear to us by this point that Jesus is God. And so God has authority over the things he has made. Jesus is the word of God who spoke the wind and waves into being. And so if the master tells the wind and waves to be still, well that's what they're going to do. We shouldn't be surprised. Well, we shouldn't be surprised. Let's not lose the majesty of what's going on. There are so many things in this world that we have power to do. We have power to change and affect things. There are mothers who dry the tears and comfort their children. There are men and women who are gifted with their hands and can fix machines, big and small. We have doctors who prescribe medicines to heal the sick. So on and so forth. We have power to change things. But while we might like to, and while we might talk about it, not one of us can control the weather. We can't change it. With our thoughts, words or actions, it takes God to change the weather. And so when Jesus says, be still, well, there is a mega calm on the Sea of Galilee. And so the question of faith comes to the disciples. And Jesus asks them, how are you so fearful? How do you not have any faith? We see in Jesus' question that faith is the opposite of fear. At least, it's the opposite of a fear of death. Because isn't that why the disciples are afraid? Isn't that why they're afraid of the storm? They are afraid of dying. Even in their question, they ask Jesus, do you not care that we are perishing? And we've seen that fear grip people in this pandemic, haven't we? One thing the pandemic has thrown into really stark light for us is that we are people who have not yet come to terms with the fact that one day we will all die. And death makes us afraid. It makes us terribly afraid. Here in our passage, Jesus tells us the opposite of fear from death. The opposite is fear. Faith that Jesus is with us in the mega story. Faith that Jesus can bring mega calm in its place. Because, friends, hear me on this, the storm of a pandemic, well, this will end. I don't know when and I don't know how, but I know it will end. Because if it doesn't end, even in my lifetime, it will end when Jesus returns. Faith in Christ means knowing that there is a day ahead with no more pain or suffering or sickness or dying. We have prayed in church many, many times for Jesus to turn back the pandemic. I wonder if you're ready 
if Jesus decides to end the pandemic for his people by returning. Because while there are difficulties today, lockdown, homeschooling, isolation, depression, financial insecurity, these are real difficulties, genuine difficulties. But those are not the mega storm. There's something worse. And that is death outside of Christ. Death outside of Jesus is much worse. That is really perishing. That's being cast out into a storm for all eternity without the hope that it will ever be calm again. And so faith is really important. Faith to come to Jesus and trust what the children's song says, that with Jesus in the boat, we can smile at the storm. Even the storm of death, which lingers over our whole lives. You see, it's one thing to ask if Jesus cares. And I think we see in this passage that he does care. But it's also important to know if Jesus can help us. That is faith. Knowing that Jesus can and will bring mega calm. Knowing that with Christ we can face the end of this life. Not with perishing, but with peace, with calm. You know, as, as I read this story this week and worked on my sermon, I couldn't help but think of Jonah. Jonah was sleeping in a boat, just like Jesus, as the storm raged around him. And Jonah brought calm to the wind and waves, not by speaking, but by being thrown out into the storm. Jonah was tossed into the sea, and the waters became calm. Friends, I think it's important to note that Jesus did the same for us. On the cross, Jesus died for your sins and for mine. He went through the punishment of sin. He faced death and perished so that we don't have to. We put our faith in him as corny as it sounds. If we have Jesus in our boat, we can look at the megastorm of death. We can know that through it we will be brought to the calm, the mega calm of everlasting peace and joy with Jesus. And so that brings us to our last point the mega fear of the disciples, asking, Who can this be that the wind and waves obey him? And asking us today, Who is Jesus that we can put our faith in him? To bring us through the storm into the calm. It's, I think it's pretty interesting. It's even astounding to see that as afraid as they were of death, there's a greater fear for the disciples in the calm. Once the sea calms down, there is a mega fear for the disciples. Not from the storm, but from the one who can calm the storm. You see, it's not just important to have faith. It's important to place our faith in the right person, in the sovereign God of the universe. If the wind and waves make you afraid, how much more should we be afraid of the one who can stop them with the word? Faith is the opposite to fear of death, but it goes hand in hand with fear of Christ. The question of the disciples is one 
that will continue with us throughout Mark's Gospel. It's the central question that Mark wants us to ask. Who is Jesus? And the answer we can clearly see today is that he is the Lord of the universe who is to be feared and respected. Because as, as we've seen before in this Gospel, you're either on the Lord's side or you're against him. And with the salvation that Jesus promises from the storm of sin and death, we need to know that we are also to fear Jesus. I want to put it this way for you. You cannot have Jesus as your saviour and not also have him as your Lord. Either you're willing to be saved by him and submit to his rule in your life, or you're actually against him and reject his salvation. Let me illustrate it like this. The wind and waves are scary, but they obey Jesus. Why would we who are afraid of the wind and waves, the virus and the death which awaits us all, why would we not be more afraid of the God who governs them, who rules them? We have to think about that question. We have to think about who is this man that the wind and waves obey him? And now that you've seen who he is, now that you know what Jesus can do, now that you've been asked that question, who is Jesus? Well, you're without excuse. Because I think there's only one answer to the question. Jesus is God. He's the Lord of the universe. He commands and controls all things. And either you are for him and his kingdom, or you're against him. He is the God of the universe, and we're either for him or we're against him. We're either in his kingdom or we're actively trying to take it down. And if you are against Jesus, you are against him, you will face his judgment in the end. You will know the, the never-ending storm of death forever. I want you to imagine you're picking teams for a football match, a, a knockabout game of football. I don't know much about football, but I understand that Messi is maybe the best player ever. And so imagine Messi is standing there in the lineup as you're picking teams. Who's the first person that's going to be picked? Well, it's going to be messy, isn't it? Because his talent is so great that we want to be playing with him rather than playing against him. We might be afraid to play against someone from our group of friends who is very good at football, but we'd be much more afraid to face off against Messi. We want Messi on our team. Rather, we want to be on his team. What the disciples realized in the boat on, on Galilee in Mark chapter 4 is that Jesus is much more powerful than anything they could possibly be afraid of. And so their faith should be in him. He is the only one who can defeat the megastorm. He is the only one who can bring us everlasting mega calm at the end of this life. We do not want to be against Jesus. He is the best, the most powerful. We want to be with him. Look, 
Then we put up the inlay. If you decide to ignore Jesus, if you decide that you will not acknowledge Jesus as both Lord and Savior, if you decide to play for the other team, well, so be it. But you only have yourself to blame. You've heard the word of God. Jesus is calling you today. He has shown you his power and his might. He has told you that you don't need to fear anything in this life or the death that lies at the end. If only you will fear him and put your faith in him. And for those of us who have put our faith in Christ, I hope this is a word of great comfort and assurance for us today. There are many things in our lives which scare us. Many things to be afraid of. But Jesus is the one who has power over all of them. So if your faith is in Jesus, don't be afraid today. Don't be afraid of the coronavirus. Don't be afraid of death. Allow your faith to be accompanied by a healthy fear of Jesus as Lord of the universe and Lord of your life. Working forwards in our passage today has brought us through a mega storm into a mega calm and that resulted in mega fear for the disciples. But if we work backwards, if we start with a mega fear of Christ, then we can have mega calm even in the midst of any storms, any mega storms that might come our way. And one day, Jesus will return, and we will be safe and secure, and free from all storms, forever. Let's pray together before our God.